Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on our website. Welcome today as we gather once again around the Word of God. Amen. I want to talk to you today from the Word of God uh, as I feel prayerfully led to to bring this teaching to you today. And I will preach, I am sure, somewhere in the teaching. So there's never a preaching without teaching, and there's never a teaching without preaching. Uh, I am a pastor slash evangelist. Praise God. Amen. So I'm a little bit different in my approach to the bringing the Word of God to God's people and to the world that needs Him. Amen. So we we thank God for you. If you're not a Christian today, we are so glad that you have found us here or if someone has directed you here to our website. And we pray that you will stay tuned today because what we are going to be talking about that is concerning us is so important to you as well. And if you will stay tuned, I guarantee you the end of this teaching and preaching today for from the Word of God, you're going to see something that can help you not only escape the judgment to come, but escape the judgment of your own conscience because of sins and their consequences in your life. Please stay tuned today because Jesus came to set the captive free and the message he brings is always a liberating message today. He came to set at liberty those that are bruised and sin will not only break you but it will bruise you before it breaks you today so please stay tuned today amen we welcome you we want to see you saved we want to see you blessed we want to see you experience god's forgiveness and his restoration praise god well if you have your bibles come on christians today this is important to you and me because it has to do with our relationship to God and with God. And it has to do with that same principle of cleansing and 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 delivering and setting free. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 10 verse 22 for our basic text today on the subject, no more guilt, the power of a cleansed conscience, no more guilt, the power of a cleansed conscience. All right, if you have your Bibles, Hebrews 10 and verse 22, here's what it says. It says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. Now, this evil conscience really is meaning a conscience defiled by guilt that is what's connotated in the actual Greek. That is what they hear when they read this, when they hear this. A conscience defiled by guilt. I like the paraphrase. It said, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting Him for our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Amen. An eminent psychiatrist once again has declared 
years ago that 75%, I want this percentage, this this data to, to sink in today. He said, I believe that 75% of my patients in mental wards could go free if I could convince them that they are forgiven. Amen. You see, the devil, devil, the actual word devil that is used in the New Covenant is, is, is a Greek word that means, well, it's diablos, and, and it means the, a maligner. It means an accuser. That's why in Revelation chapter 12, it says, Now is the accuser of our brethren cast down that accused them before God day and night. You see this maligner, this accuser? And they overcame him, listen, by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. By the blood of the Lamb. I love the paraphrase where it says, For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. And our bodies have been washed with pure water. Listen, you can be forgiven just like that because of the blood of Jesus. God will pardon you. But your conscience is something else. You have to, you have to really begin to focus on the efficacy of the blood of Jesus Christ. What it has accomplished in your behalf. And you not only have to accept God's forgiveness based squarely on the blood of Jesus, you have to forgive yourself because you are forgiven. Now, we need to ask forgiveness of people if we have done them wrong in any sense. And sometimes they will, and sometimes they won't. But it's not between you and them and Him. It's between you and Him. If they don't forgive, that's on them. But you are not accountable. You're not responsible any further. And that guilt in the conscience that Satan will reinforce by accusing and accusing and accusing. He's the accuser of the brethren that accused them before God day and night. And they couldn't overcome or escape his accusations because they, they, they could erase their past. They could ask forgiveness of God. They could, they could ask forgiveness of people. God will forgive. Some people won't forgive. But the important thing is that our conscience not continue to accuse us. God will not receive the devil's accusations. Watch, we have been washed in the blood of Jesus. Amen. But our conscience will continually accuse us unless our conscience is cleansed from guilt. Let me read that scripture again. This is so important today because it's so that we can draw near to God and get rid of that sense of unworthiness and that sense of, of self-deprecation, that sense of, of I'm, I'm not good enough, I'll never be good enough. God could never receive me uh, like he does some good people that don't have this checkered past. I won't tell you, uh, God uses a big eraser when the blood of Jesus is applied to your life. Not only is your sin forgiven, 
given. The Bible said, As it is written, saith God, I will cast their sins away from them as far as the east is from the west, and their sins will I remember no more. Now, God is not blotting out His infinite knowledge of us and what we've done and where we've been. He's saying, I'm not going to associate them with that sin again. Praise God. I'm going to so distance them from it that it's as far as the east is from the west. Now, I don't know if, if, if your sins were big, heinous, glaring sins or just little sins, but I know where sin ends up. I love, I love the story, uh, of, of, uh, of, of someone who had gotten saved and really received this important principle of forgiveness and forgiving ourselves and, and putting our conscience at rest instead of aggravated by guilt. And listen, someone said, and this is the way they used to express it. They said, I heard, I heard a I heard God throwing something into the sea. And I heard him taking big boulders and throwing them in. And it made a big splash and sunk all the way to the deepest part of the sea. And then I heard him taking lesser-sized stones and throwing them. And they made a lesser splash, but they also sunk to the bottom of the sea. And I heard him picking up pebbles and throwing them in. They didn't make much of a splash at all, but they too sunk to the bottom of the sea. So whether your sins are big, sins like boulders, or little sins like pebbles, when the blood of Jesus is applied through repentance and God's forgiveness, they all end up in the deepest part at the bottom of the sea. Friend of mine, this is so important because the devil will not let up in his accusations. And he will appeal to our conscience not to let up. And if we do not defeat that through focusing on the, the absolute forgiveness of God through the blood of Jesus Christ, we will continually live in that state of guilt, and it'll keep us from the presence of God. We'll never feel worthy because we think that what we've done is, and because people will not forgive us, that somehow we will never, ever be worthy to enter in and draw near to God and God wants you to draw near to Him. He wants fellowship with you. The just has died for the unjust that He might bring us to God. The result of salvation is forgiveness first and foremost so that we're not lost and damned and going to hell. But I'm going to tell you, there's a, there's a secondary. Well, well, really, I, I, I'm, I'm going to go so far as to say that, sep that going to hell is not the central issue. It is most important in the sense of where we spend eternity, yes. But when you are reconciled to God, it solves that issue. <laughs> when you become a son of God, a daughter of God through faith in Jesus Christ, th then going to hell is a non-issue. You belong to Him. 
So the first thing Jesus does is bring us to God to be reconciled unto him, to be brought into his royal family and called his sons and his daughters. Praise God. Now I'm going to tell you, guilt will continue to point its finger at you. And God wants you to defeat it today through the only way it can be defeated, and that is the efficacy, the efficiency of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Plead the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And receive the blessing of the blood of Jesus. I'm going to read the paraphrase again. Let's go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting Him. For our guilty conscience have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. You know, the Old Testament priest and the Old Testament leader, when they, when they, they sprinkled the blood on the mercy seat, that was one thing. And then as, as it continued on the sacrificial system, uh, he, he sprinkled the blood on the people and the people were spotted with the blood of the sacrifice. It was a, it was a sacrifice to God. And then it was something that was brought personal to the people when the blood of that sacrifice that was sprinkled on the mercy seat, amen, was also sprinkled on the people. And their, when they were sprinkled, their clothes and their, and their, their skin was dotted with the blood of that sacrifice. That was the personal application of the blood of Jesus. That intercession for them and their sin was offered on the mercy seat. But I believe that sprinkling on the people was to remind them that they were no longer held accountable to God. They were free. The judgment of God would not fall on them. Praise God. And they would offer the thank offering. Hallelujah. There's a sin offering uh, that is primary and predominant, but then there's a thank offering in the scripture where they offered something to give thanks for the forgiveness that was granted to them through that blood sacrifice. Hallelujah. Listen to the psalmist David. After he had sinned so greatly, he wrote this psalm when he received forgiveness. And this is how he received it. Psalm 51, 1 through 3. It says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. You see, this is the positive result of true repentance. The positive result of true repentance. One translation says, wash me clean from my guilt, purify me from my sin. For I recognize my shameful deeds. They haunt me day and night. David's first request for, was for mercy, appealing to God's compassion. And then his second request was for forgiveness. He asked God to blot out the stain of his sin. And David's third request is the one we all wrestle with. The one Satan uses most. And that is, he asked that he wash him clean. Wash him clean from my guilt. 
David was riddled with guilt. And if you want to see how this affected him, turn with me to Psalm 32, verses 1 through 7. Listen, all hell's imps, all of his cohorts, all of his, his armies of, of demons love to pile on the guilt. Listen, Psalm 32, 1 through 7. David says, How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away, my groaning through groaning all day long, for day and night your hand was heavy upon me. You see, conviction is a very real, awful feeling. God is, is, conviction is God wanting to bring us to a state of repentance so He can forgive us and we can be reconciled. Condemnation doesn't want to bring you to God. Condemnation wants to make you feel unworthy of God's love, of God's forgiveness, of God's help, of any hope. And the devil is the master of appealing to the conscience through condemnation to create such guilt and pain of that guilt. But when God's hand is heavy on us, He's he's bringing us to repentance. Listen to what David said. My vitality was drained away as the fever heat of summer. Selah, I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity I did not hide. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. What happened? This, this is the positive result of true repentance. Listen, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. The guilt of my sins. Selah. Selah. You know what that means? It means to, to stop a minute, pause a minute, and quietly contemplate this. He not only forgives the sin that we have committed without, but He forgives us to the point that our guilt over that sin is now taken away. Therefore, let everyone, verse 6, who is godly, pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely in the flood of great waters they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with songs of deliverance. Hallelujah. Friend of mine, oh, the joy of sins forgiven, of a reconciled, relationship with God. Guilt will steal our joy, damage our faith, disqualify us from entering in and enjoying the presence of God. Guilt is one area from which you cannot lift yourself by your own efforts. You need, just like I need and anyone else needs, the blood of Jesus Christ. He supplied that blood at the cross at Mount Calvary. But we apply the blood when we repent of our sin and receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. Sin enslaves, forgiveness frees. I love this true story. A little boy visiting his grandparents. 
given his first slingshot. He practiced in the woods, but he could never hit his target. He came back to Grandma's backyard. He spied her pet duck. On an impulse, he took aim and let fly. The stone hit, and the duck fell dead. The boy panicked. Desperately, he hid the duck in the woodpile, only to look up and see his sister watching. Sally had seen it all, but she said nothing. After lunch that day, Grandma said, Sally, let's wash the dishes. But Sally said, Johnny told me he wanted to help in the kitchen today. Didn't you, Johnny? And she whispered in his ear, Remember the duck? So Johnny did the dishes. Later, Grandpa asked if the children wanted to go fishing. Grandma said, I'm sorry, but I need Sally to help me make supper. Sally smiled and said, that's all taken care of. Johnny wants to do it today. And she whispered once again in his ear when he made an ugly face. Remember the duck? Johnny stayed while Sally went fishing. After several days of Johnny doing both his chores and Sally's, finally he couldn't stand it. He confessed to Grandma that he'd killed the duck. I know, Johnny, she said giving him a hug. I was standing at the window and saw the whole thing. But because I love you, I forgave you, and I forgive you now. I wondered how long you would let Sally make a slave of you. Friend of mine, sin enslaves. Forgiveness frees. Sin enslaves. And a guilty conscience enslaves because of sin, and Christ's forgiveness sets us free. It's not something He gives without our repentance, but it's something He gives if and when we do repent. Listen to what First John three twenty through 24 says. It said, For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, Wait, wait, I want to back up. God's greater than your heart. Even if your conscience is still condemning you, God is greater than your own guilty conscience. Amen. Listen, He wants that condemnation, that self-deprecation to be blotted out of your mind and your thoughts today out of your heart that's why psalm 51 went on to say create in me a clean heart not just cleansed from sin but cleansed from the condemnation of sin create in me a clean heart O god and renew a right spirit in me and take not thy holy spirit from me and restore, here we go, unto me the joy of thy salvation. You can't have the joy of your salvation. In effect, the joy of the Lord, which is your strength, 
until that condemnation is blotted out. Praise God. Amen. We need to stand on what God has said, not what the devil is saying, not what people may say, but what God has to say. Hallelujah. Praise God. God uses a big eraser when the blood of Jesus is applied to our lives. Your sin may be a boulder, but it rests at the bottom of the sea when Jesus is your Savior. It may be a pebble. It also rests at the bottom of the sea. Whether it's a boulder or a pebble, God wants you to accept His absolute forgiveness when you receive Christ as your Savior. Amen. God is greater than our heart. Hallelujah. And knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, if our heart condemn us not, then we confidence, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask then, because you're asking in faith, you see, because of your standing with Him, and whatever we ask, we receive of Him, because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. I like what Hallman says, this Bible expositor. He said, if our conscience does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. We have confidence before God. Absolutely. And this is His commandment that we should believe. This is, keep my commandments. Does that mean all the ten without ever having to repent? No. It means that we have a new attitude of obedience instead of rebellion. We seek to obey Him. We sometimes stumble at that. But we get up, we repent, we go on. And this is His commandment in verse 23 that we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as He gave us the commandment. And he that keepeth His commandments dwelleth in Him, and He in Him. And hereby we know He abideth in us by the Spirit which He hath given us. Praise God. Amen. When God saves you, when God forgives you, because you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, his Holy Spirit comes to abide within us. And through Him, Christ comes to abide within us. And through the Holy Spirit, God Himself comes to abide within us. Amen. Now, if the blood of Jesus has cleansed us to the point that God the Father and God the Son can live in us as the Holy Spirit abides within us, Friend, I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that. You know, there was a, a press around Jesus. There were so many people trying to get to him. And his disciples are being elbowed and pushed and shoved because the, all around there's a crowd uh, on occasion trying to press into Jesus. And one of the disciples says, Lord, how are you going to manifest yourself to us and not to there's everybody else or this whole crowd or the whole world. How are you going to do that? He said, if any man hear my words and my father's words and keep our commandments, have an attitude to obey and, and seek to be obedient to God, that new heart within, he said, I and my father will come to him and we will make 
our abode with Him. Amen. And when the Holy Spirit comes to abide within, He manifests the person and presence of the Father and of the Son and of Himself. And the triune God comes to live in us. And no matter how many people on the outside you see, He said, I'm going to come to live in you in the inside through the Holy Spirit. Not just the baptism of the Holy Spirit, power for service, the charismata, and the gifts of the Spirit. This is the the sealing of the Holy Spirit. Christ in you, the hope of glory, the spirit of adoption, crying, Abba, Father, glory be to God. Sin enslaves, forgiveness frees, not only from the eternal consequence of sin, but the immediate consequence of sin, and that is the guilt and the pain and the shame. Only God can do this work in your life. And He has set everything in motion for it to be done when He gave His only begotten Son to die for us on that cruel cross. A friend of mine, even if there was no hell to shun and no heaven to gain, Coming to Christ would be the greatest joy you would ever know. Just to have forgiveness. Just to have forgiveness. I'm told there's a, it, there is a, there is a, a tombstone somewhere in New England. And one of those sayings on tombstones that, that, uh, that you can read about. Some of them are kind of funny and some of them are strange and, and some of them are significant and some of them are not. But on one tombstone, it had the man's birth, it had his death and one big carving on it. One big inscription carved into the granite, and it said, Forgiven. And I've got a feeling that that man had a boulder that made a big splash, but sank to the bottom of the deepest part of the sea. And he, like David, was so glad to be forgiven. By the way, while we're talking about David, he was forgiven based on the the blood of bulls and goats and lambs and rams. And the blood of Jesus speaks of better things than the blood of bulls and goats. For we have a better sacrifice established on better promises. And one of those better promises is not just sin being forgiven, but sins being blotted out, remitted, as if we had never sinned. Glory be to God, hallelujah, so we could live our life set free, not only from the eternal consequence of sin, but the immediate effect of it in our conscience and in our mind. Forgetting those things, Paul said, because he held the cloak of them, he urged them to kill the first Christian martyr. And he said, because of that, among sinners, I was chief. My sin was like a boulder when he came to Christ and really saw it as how great it was. Among sinners, I was chief. But he was forgiven. And here's what he said, forgetting those things that are behind. (laughs) Hallelujah. God has forgiven. God has forgotten. God has used a big eraser. We should use his eraser. 
when we think of our sin and blot them away. Hallelujah. Forgetting the things that are behind and reaching forth to the things that are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It's time to press on and not let guilt and shame hold us back from the presence of God and from the purpose of God. Hallelujah. And from the pleasure of God. Amen. For in His presence, the Scripture said, is fullness of joy. And at His right hand is pleasure forevermore. Praise God. Today, Christian, it's time to get rid of the guilt and the pain that it causes by declaring the power of the blood of Jesus. Resisting not only the accuser, the devil, but resisting our own conscience trying to accuse us. God used that conscience. He put it in us so He could convict us. Satan seeks to subversively use it to condemn us. We receive conviction. It leads us to repentance. And it's the goodness of God that does that. But we reject condemnation because that will stop us from entering in, from drawing near. So today, let us draw near with the full assurance that we are welcome into the very presence of God. Hallelujah. And if our hearts condemn us not, <laughs> we have confidence toward God. Our faith will be, will be able to reach out to His person and His promises and receive from Him without condemnation with boldness and confidence. Hallelujah. And today, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, He loves you. He's going to be obligated by His holiness to judge you and your sin unless you repent of that sin and come to Him. But He wants you to come to Him. The Scripture actually says it's not His will that any perish, but that all come to repentance. Come to Christ today. Repent of your sin. And immediately something's going to happen. All of the guilt because of that sin is going to be taken away as you accept His forgiveness and accept the efficacy of the blood of Jesus Christ today. And you can plead that blood against your enemy that accuses you. Because they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony. And you'll have a testimony. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then the devotion that that kind of love solicits from us. And they love not their life, even unto the death. Praise God. Oh, dear sinner friend, come to Christ today. Don't run from Him. Run to Him. Confess your sin. Receive Jesus as your Savior. Hallelujah. Get the devil off your back. Get the guilt off of your life. The pressure. Oh, friend, there's freedom. Jesus came to set you free from sin's consequence. The eternal damnation and separation from God. 
He came to bring you to God, to take your sin upon Himself and let it be judged in His own body on the tree, that you might be set free, that you might joy in God and enjoy God, enjoy heaven forever, and enjoy peace until He comes for you while you're here. In Jesus' name.